And welcome to Better Life Church. I just want to welcome everyone watching online as well, especially everyone in Grayson. Come on, can we get up for everybody in Grayson watching this? Man, that's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. For a lot of people don't know that we are one church in two locations because we believe that God wants to send this movement out and reach the region. And we have birthed a church there in Carter County in Grayson where people are coming around from the surrounding area to be part of that. Man, I'm so proud of you guys. God is using you greatly and to see the life change that's happening already. I just really believe that the best is yet to come. So thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We're finishing the Loveology series. Series today, and if you missed this the last few weeks, let me just do a really quick recap. We kicked it off talking about singleness, that there's strength in singleness. And if you're single or single again, my boy T Stone kicked it off. He's one of our pastors here on staff. I want to encourage you to go and watch that because I'm telling you what, it was a very, it, it was very awesome to hear his story. And I asked him to preach that Sunday. Because, you know, he has the moral integrity and authority to share that because the first person he ever told that he loved was his wife. He saved himself and did not have sex before he got married to his wife. And you don't see that a lot of times because it's so archaic, that's so like ancient today. And so that he has the moral integrity to share with you, what do you do in the time that you're single or you're single again? So I just want to encourage you to go back and watch that. And then we talked about dating, right? We kicked off, you know, how do I know if I'm dating the right person? Because every dating relationship is going to end in one or two ways. Either you're going to break up with them or you're going to get married to them. And so I want to encourage you, if you're dating or you think about dating, go back and watch that message as well. And last week we talked about marriage, and that was an awesome time and fun time. And talk about what happens if you think you married the wrong person. Like, what do you do if you think, okay, my, my spouse won't change. How do I change my spouse? I want to encourage you two to go back and watch that. In fact, if you're planning on ever getting married, I would encourage you to go watch all three of the last messages because I'm telling you what, that's really just a lot of premarital counseling and some advice. What would you do if you, if you, you know, married the wrong person or before you married the wrong person, what are some things to walk through? And then last Sunday night, we did our first ever marriage night and the house was packed out, married couples all over the place and conversations got started as we learned each other's love language. It was fun. My wife and I had an opportunity to host that. And we, we, we had so much fun with that. And we'll maybe pray about that. Maybe that will become an annual thing for married couples. But we really were excited about that night. And today we're going to talk about sex, man. We're going to talk about sex in church. Is that awkward? Come on. Is that not awkward? I mean, look at the person beside you go, awkward. Go ahead, step. Just like that. Just like that. The reality, I heard you over The reality is that sex matters. And we need to talk about it because everyone talks about it. Everyone talks about it. And I know some of you here maybe from an older generation where it's kind of hush-hush and no one ever talks about it, right? And parents right now, you're like kind of freaking out a little bit. Like, I don't know, I got my kid in here with me. Promise you, your kid, even though he goes to this Christian school, knows more about sex than you probably think they know. And, and the reality is the world talks about sex, school talks about sex, culture talks about sex, movie talks about sex. Why don't the church talk about it? Why don't we come and get a true understanding of really what sex really is, where it came from, who created it, why is it designed in the first place, what is it even meant for than the church? So the church should, should not shy away from hard topics. We should talk about things like this and, and dive into and see really what really matters. In fact, the verse I want to share with you in Philippians 1.10, Paul writes this, I want you to understand, watch this, what really matters. Like what really matters about the subject of sex? Here's why. So that you may live a pure 
and blameless lives until when? Until Jesus come home. While you're on earth, I want you to know what really matters so that you have a pure life and you live a holy life and a blameless life here on earth. You know, the world tells us that sex is no big deal, right? I mean, if it feels good, just do it. You're not hurting anyone. And you hear a lot of times people say, it's my body and I'll do what I want to do with my body, right? I mean, we hear this right now all over the media. It's my body and I'll do with what I want to with my body and no one tells me what to do with my body. But the reality is it's not your body. Did you make it? Did you create it? Can you redeem it? Someday you will die and your body will be put into the ground and when Jesus come back, he will resurrect your body out of the ground. Can you do that with your body? It's not yours. It was bought with the price. So we really got to jump into that and understand what does that even look like? Because here's the reality. Love it, like it, believe it or not, sex outside of marriage just doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you, you some of you and most of you, including myself, okay, I'm speaking from just experiencing this pain and the scars from my own life. So I just want you to know that. So I understand where you're coming from here and understanding what the scripture says. But sex outside of marriage just doesn't work. I mean, think about it. Sex outside of marriage, for those of you who had sex outside of marriage, did it make your life better or did it complicate more things in your life? I guarantee your life became more complicated because of it. And it's not because God's trying to steal your fun and he's this kind of killjoy and God's trying to prohibit you. God's not trying to prohibit you. God's trying to protect you because you don't maybe understand the ramification that comes with sex outside of marriage. So let's just do this. And I, I'm not to be mean about this because most people honestly just doesn't think common sense wise, especially our world and our culture. They just don't have common sense to think. Of. So let's just, just common sense, okay? Even if you, let's even assume you believe that God does not exist, that there is no God, that we were just created here, we came from apes and all this evolution thing took place and we just now exist and there's no creator whatsoever. And I want you to just think about this concept that sex is for married people people only. One man, one woman for the rest of their life. Just think about that just for a moment from a common sense standpoint. You ready for this? Adultery, gone. No more affairs, gone. Think about that. Completely gone. Rape, gone. Child molestation, gone. STDs, gone. AIDS, every 6.4 seconds, someone contracts AIDS and 99.999% of them are outside of marriage, gone. No more fear or wondering and thinking if you're pregnant, gone. No child or unwanted pregnancy or child without the pregnancy, gone. You know, and I know this world will look extraordinary different if everyone on the planet bought into this idea, common sense, that sex is for one man, one woman together for the rest of their life. So if you knew that in advance and you were God, what would you say? It's no big deal. As long as you have protection, it's your body, do what you want to. Just, they're going to do it, it's no big deal. Is that what you would say, knowing what could happen and know what was going to happen in advance? You know and I know this world will look extremely, extremely different. 
folks, we need to talk about this. Everyone else talks about it. The church needs to talk about it. And let me tell you a couple, a few people here who need to talk about this. Number one, parents and kids, you need to talk about this. Parents, you need to talk to your kids about this. You need to walk through this with your kids. And parents, let me help you here real quick. Some parent advice, all right, real quick. You don't need to teach your kids that sex is dirty, nasty, and gross. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Because what you don't understand is when you begin to teach them that sex is dirty, nasty, and gross, say no, say no, say no, say no, say no, say no, say no. What happens is their fear of it, they're afraid of it. They walk an aisle in a 30-minute ceremony. He puts a ring on her finger, and now she's wondering, now that she's married, why she can't be sexually intimate with her husband. It's because she's been told her entire life that sex is dirty, nasty, and gross. That's reality. That happens to a lot of people. You don't teach your kids that. Teach them that they need to wait. Wait does not imply evil. Wait doesn't imply it's dirty, it's nasty, it's gross. Wait means God has a better plan. God has a better idea. In fact, God has an extraordinary better life for you if you would just wait. No comparison, no scars, not the baggage. If you will just wait. Parents, we need to talk to our children about this in a way that it's not dirty, nasty, and gross, but God designed it. We'll talk about that just in a moment. But God has a better plan if you will just wait. You will save yourself emotionally pain, mental pain, some physical pain if you will just wait. Dating couples, you need to talk about this because most dating couples have no boundaries. If your game plan to set your boundaries up is when you're in the back of the car at the lake, it's probably too late for you. Like, okay, what's my plan now? It's probably too late. You gotta have boundaries. And here's what's crazy about it, that you can date, get physically naked in front of each other, but don't have the emotional depth to talk about it. There's something wrong with that. You've got to talk about these things, especially in a dating relationship. And then married couples, you need to talk about this. The two top Fights and married couples, sex and money, sex and money. The two most top fights for married couple is sex and money. You need to talk about this. And the reality is the misconception about sex, watch this, is rooted in lies. Because the reality too is that great godly sex starts right here in the mind before it ever makes its way to the bedroom. And it's all about what you're thinking about it, how you see it from God's point of view and perspective. Real quick, John 8, 44, this is what Jesus says about the devil. When he lies, the devil, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan lies to you about sex. He wants to lie to you and to our world about what it truly means. John 8, 32 says this, but if you'll know the truth, the truth will what? And I know you hear that, but people won't receive that. So what is the truth about this? Here's the truth. Wrong thoughts lead to wrong living. And right thought leads to right living. That's why it starts right here. We got to understand why God designed it, where did it come from, and the ramifications of it. The reality is truth is that sex is God's design. Like God created this. Like I know some people, it's kind of hard to understand, especially from an older generation where it's kind of hush-hush, it's private, don't talk about it, where the world has not made it private. And so we can't run from hard things like that and talk about what, what did God design this for? So back in Genesis chapter two, I'm gonna walk you through this really quick and then we're gonna make some points here and what's our next step and how to walk through this. So in Genesis chapter two, verse 21, 
It says, so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took one of the man's rib and closed it up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to man. Let me just go on and say this real quick to you, dating relationship to your single people, or even if you're married right here, I want you to notice this. Adam was asleep and God already had a relationship with Eve. And I just want to encourage you ladies, listen, you need to pursue your relationship with Jesus before you do with him. God brought her to him. He was still asleep. And for some of you ladies, he's like, he's still asleep on a couch. Okay, keep reading verse 23. At last, Adam said, look what he says. This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken. She was naked, by the way. She was taken from man. Like, he's like, I'll take her just like that. Don't even wrap her up. I want her just like that. That's, that's what I want. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and to be joined, be glued. It literally means to be glued to his wife. And the two are, watch this, to be united and into one. Like they are to have sex or to come together and, and multiply the earth. What he's talking about, put some Marvin Gaye on and get it on. That's what he says. Like that's what you're to do. Go, it's okay. I created you and designed you to multiply the earth. Now watch this in verse 25. Now the man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. You know, even married couples, this is hard for a lot of them because now they still feel shame. They still feel dirty. They don't feel their bodies good enough. You were never created that way in the beginning. What warped this? What changed this? Sin had entered into the world and changed everything. In fact, Satan has been attacking sexuality from the beginning. It's what he wants to go after. But the reality is this, like it, hate it, love it, don't talk about it, but God created sex and it is awesome. There is no way on the planet that we should credit evolution for creating sex. I'm just being honest with you. I'm like, no way whatsoever. Could you imagine if we found a caveman journal? Right, because everybody wants to go spelunking and find all these, like here's the first guy to ever live and here's this caveman. So could you imagine finding this journal and it opens up and says, today I run into a tree, it hurt. I run into a woman, it was soft, she fell down. I fell on top of her, I cheer her up, sex, yes! Yes! I mean, could you imagine that? Some of you are going, I've never heard a pastor talk like this before. That's probably because you never had a happy pastor. I got to go right now. I'll be right back. I'll tell you, it'll be between service. All right, here we go. Um, I'm married, I can. All right, here we go. It's awesome. I mean, even make a Baptist speak in tongues. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And God created, and we should let our kids and people know it's awesome. I told my boys, I don't want them to hide anything from me. And I share this with them when I had the big talk with them, right? It's there's nothing wrong with it. It's awesome. God created it and he has it for you. And the desires that you have within you are God-given desires. He gave you a sexual desire. He created you to do this. But the reality is most of the people were married by the age 13 and 14 before you came into your hormone time to go crazy. And now you're trying to wait to your 20s or even your 30s and you control this and I told him your biggest obstacle is going to be able to control yourself of these God-given desires but if God gave them to you he can help you control them until you get married so it's not that it's bad and it's gross and it's dirty but God has a better plan just wait just wait for the time until you get married because God created sex for a few reasons one to procreate we know that 
that God would continue to carry on and procreate. God created for pleasure. Do you know that? He gave it to us for pleasure. It's something to enjoy. But here's another big reason that most people don't understand what God gave us sick was to protect us. Do you know that sex inside of a marriage between one man and one woman is protecting you? Do you know that? It's to protect you and your family. And here's a big picture, a true picture that most people don't see about. And we talked about a little bit last week, but it's the oneness factor. That God gave sex so that you would be one with each other, united with each other. I mean, there's so much we can go and talk to that the world don't want to talk about that doesn't protect you. And it's just for pleasure only. But that's not true. It's to protect you and for the oneness together. This is a big deal and we got to talk what matters. Go back to Philippians 1.10. What did Paul say? What really matters is that you live a pure and holy life and a blameless life until Jesus returns. So why is this a big deal? Like really, why does sex really matter? Why is this a big deal? And why are you dedicating a whole Sunday to talk about? So let me walk you through just a few points here and then uh, um, I got to go. Okay, so let me walk you through this and we're going to just look at why this really matters. So let's go. If you're ready to get started, so let's go. All right, here we go. Number one, purity matters. This is what matters. What really matters is purity matters. That purity is a huge deal. The greatest gift you can ever give to your spouse is your purity, and I blew it. And I didn't know any different because no one ever told me. The greatest gift you could ever give to your spouse is not the diamond ring. It's not what money can buy. Honestly, the greatest gift you will ever give to them is your purity. That you waited. And my wife who waited for me, I had to look at her and say, I did not wait for you. Purity matters. It is a big deal. And let me tell you why it's a big deal. It's because sex is sticky. It will stick to you and go with you everywhere you go for the rest of your life. And every one of you who had sex outside of marriage, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In fact, Paul addresses this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, people's like, the Bible's boring. Oh my gosh, the Bible's not boring. I mean, go home and ring Song of Solomon and all this stuff, and you'll see how boring you think the Bible really is. Look what it says in verse 15. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually part of Christ? So when you give, we get saved, you're now bought into the body of Christ. Your body is now connected to Jesus. You and Jesus now are one. The Holy Spirit, you're the temple, comes and lives within you. Then should man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her for the scripture says. And then all of a sudden, Paul goes all the way back to Genesis chapter two, where we just read that the two are united into one. It's just like you and your wife who become one. Now, if you put this in the context, what the crazy thing is, there's this temple called Aphrodite. And the temple had over a thousand prostitutes at the round the temple. So the men thought it was no big deal to go down to the temple to worship, but also to find a prostitute and have sex with. And so back then, no man missed church. They all showed up. And so they would go down to the local church like it was no big deal. The local temple had sex with a prostitute and go and have a sacrifice and begin to worship like it was no big deal. Paul said, what are you doing? This is wrong. Don't you understand, men, that when you go sleep with her, you're uniting one with her. This is very sticky. You can't just leave her there and go back home. It's a part of you. It stays with you. Why? Because sex is messy. It's messy. And it will mess with you. In fact, that's what he says in verse 18. Look what he says. So run from sexual sin. No other sin. Now, please hear this. Sin is a sin. 
Every sin can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, and none of you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. You would not be sitting here today or watching online or in Grayson. So you're good to go there. We could talk to that later, but you don't have to worry about that. Every sin is forgiven and forgivable, but every sin has a different weight and carries different consequences. And look what he says, no other sin. Sexual sin is in a category all by itself. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual morality is sin against your own body. So what does Paul say? Run from it. Stay away from it. Don't even come near it until you get married. That's very important to understand that no other sin. There's no other sin that brings more guilt, more shame, more regret, and more complication than sexual sin. No one has ever showed up in my office. They pass when they talk to you about something that bothers me. I'm just, I'm, I, just feel, I just feel dirty. I feel guilty. And I just, I need to, I need to talk about this because I feel, I feel ashamed about this. And I'm like, well, when did this happen? This happened 20 years ago. Okay, 20 years ago. Tell me, what is it? I got a speeding ticket. And it still just hurts me. I'm just guilty about it. No one has ever said that. <laughs> Listen to me. Every, everyone, when somebody comes in and talks about having guilt, shame, or hurt, and a guilty conscience, it's always sexual sin always. And I'm talking about things that happened 30 years ago. And it still haunts them to this day. Why? Because sex is sticky and it's messy and there's no other category like it out there. It will mess with you. Because this is the big, this is, this is the thing that most people just don't understand. Sex is not just physical, it's relational. It's relational, and it will mess with you, and there's no greater sin on the planet that will destroy the work of God in you faster than sexual sin. Because sex says, I belong completely to you, exclusively to you, and permanently to you. That's what sex is. That's why it matters, and that's why it's a big deal. And I know what you're saying because I said the same thing. Only if I knew now or knew then what I know now. And here's the reality. I can't go get a redo, but I can relearn. And I can pass it on to the generation to come and those who have not stepped outside of the boundaries yet. Here's something else people don't understand is that sexual purity, this is why purity matters, is because it's an act of worship. Do you know that when you're sexually pure, it's actually an act of worship? Do you know that? In fact, Paul writes in Romans 12 this, look what it says, I want you to read this. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. And you're to die to yourself daily. And you're to sacrifice your needs and your want daily. You know what the problem is with a living sacrifice? Is that a living sacrifice will crawl off the altar. And we'll get up there, but then we'll crawl right back off. God, here I am, but then here I'm not. God, here you got all of me. I came to church and God, I, I'm going to true love wait. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to do it. And then all of a sudden you crawl right back off. The altar, and look what he says, this kind will find acceptable, this, this offering, this is truly, watch this, the way to worship him with your body. And sexual purity is an act of worship. Listen, folks, purity matters, and this is why it matters. It's because purity paves the way to intimacy. And what married couples want more than anything, and what you really will long for more to think is true, true intimacy. So here's the second point, intimacy matters. Paul, I mean, we write, what really matters? Intimacy matters. It matters. It's actually a big deal. 
Whether you know it or not, what you're looking for or not, and especially guys when men talk, because a lot of things I hear from women is like, my husband don't talk, he don't know how to talk with emotions, he's not emotional, and all this stuff, he is emotional, take him to a ball game, he'll show you his emotions, he just doesn't display it the way that you think or how you should. And some people are like, I don't know what I need, I just, I don't know, I just feel, I don't know. You know, that's just a typical, how, and I'm not trying to be mean to guys, they, just, they don't know how to really open up and just say, okay, this is what's going on in me, and let me share this with you. First Corinthians 7, listen to what Paul says, this is pretty fascinating. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. And I know what somebody's saying. I wish my wife had sexual needs, right? Hang tight. Hold up. We'll, we'll get to that, right? The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. The wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband. The husband gives authority, watch this, over his body to his wife. Did you even know this in the Bible? Then look what he says. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations. Don't stay sexually apart for a long time. You may not have the same sex drive of everybody else, but don't stay apart. Why? Unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourself to more completely to prayer or fasting so you get connected more with God. After that, though, quickly, you should come together again so Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. What is he saying? Married couples, you need to pursue each other sexually. You need to go after each other sexually. You know, last time I talked about sex, it's been a long time since I talked about sex, and uh, I was doing some research to say, you know, what was the average married couple like in our, in our country? Because every, everybody's different that has sex. So just, just to see. And so it's actually changed some, which is pretty fascinating. It must, I don't know what, what's changed. But now the average married couple, unless this is the average married couple, has sex once a week. That's the average married couple and in our country. They have sex once a week. You may say, well, Pastor Daniel, what do you think about that? Well, I, I mean, I think as Christians, we should do everything better. I think that we should have at least sex once a day. <laughs> and <I'll, laughs> the first time men ever amen me in church. Right? Because men, let's just face it, our, we're ready once a day, right? Women, you're ready once every June. I mean, that's just how it goes. <laughs> just ready. Right? But the reality is, the reality is, it's serious, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm trying to make a joke because I want to make light of this, and it's kind of crazy, it's fun, but listen, there's nothing wrong with this in the context of marriage. But the reality is, listen, don't compare yourself to everybody else, don't compare yourself to the world, quit reading your stupid novels of romance, ladies, that has so fake stuff, that's not reality. Some of you guys are turned to stuff on the internet, and all, that's not reality. Quit trying to make your wife be something she's not. In all seriousness, though, when you think about this, just figure out what works for you. Don't compare yourself to everybody else. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you. Most married couples, you probably don't need to be talking about your sex life to anybody else but each other. Keep it there. All right? And listen, the reality is you just need to figure out what works for you. Don't compare if it's once or twice. What, what works for you in your context? I, if you're like, I don't know what works, just because you're not talking about it. Having a big boy and a big girl conversation. Let's just sit down and work through this. Why? Why is this important? So the Satan doesn't come and tempt you beyond your self-control. You've got to walk through this and talk about this. Because sex is not a proof of love. Too many men demand sex from their wives to prove that they love them. Too many women give their bodies to a guy trying to find love. Sex is not the proof of love. Sex is not an event. It's not the end goal. Real intimacy is not found with just by merging your bodies together because many people and couples went to bed tonight, last night, and gave their bodies to each other, but they never gave their heart. 
true intimacy, which what we long for, is bigger than that. In fact, this is this understanding this. We've got to understand this. Sex is not the source of intimacy. And that's what the world wants you to know. It's only an outlet for intimacy. It's just, it's not the source, it's the outlet. And no matter how hard you try, if you have no real emotional and spiritual intimacy before sex, I promise you it's not going to exist after it. It's all before. So what is real intimacy? Real intimacy, watch this, really just makes you feel known. Makes you fulfilled for who you really are. That, I love what the old guys used to say. Intimacy means into me you see. True intimacy is you know everything about me. I'm going to reveal my heart to you. Into me, inside of me, you get to see me. True intimacy is seeing who I am. It has nothing really to do with physical stuff. How do I get to true intimacy? How do I get to a point where I'm not afraid for you to look in and you can see who I am and have true intimacy? What paves that way? Purity. Purity paves the way to intimacy. That's why purity matters. That's why intimacy matters. And lastly, and my third one, is holiness matters. Holiness matters to God. Holiness should matter to us. Holiness does not matter to this world. Holiness does not matter to our culture. But we're different. In fact, that's what holiness means. Look at what Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians. God's will is for you to be holy. So stay, look what he says, away from all, everybody say all, all sexual sin, all sexual sin. Well, can play, we're just playing around and messing around, sexual sin. Well, oral sex is not really sex. I think that's even more intimate. Well, it's not just intercourse, all. Ladies, don't let him touch you. If he won't wait, he ain't worth it. All sexual sin. Why? So you'll be holy. Because holiness matters. Then each of you, watch this, will control his own body and live what? Holiness. And in honor, not just in lustful passion, like those who don't know Jesus, like the pagans, like the world, like our culture. Who don't know, watch this, his ways. So you're going to have two ways. You're going to do it God's way. Sex is between one man and one woman in a covenant relationship called marriage. It's not a contract, a covenant. We talked about that last week for the rest of their lives until death do them part. His way, that's so archaic. That's not fun. That's protection. That's the better life. Or you can go do it the world's way. Guilt and shame. Heartache, pain, scars, messy, sticky for the rest of your life. Which one do we want to choose? His way or the world ways? See, holiness means to be set apart. So God's like this, as my child, I have set you apart. The old King James says, you're peculiar now. You're different. You're strange. You're not like the world. Well, I can't believe you wait to have sex before you get married. That's just strange. That's God's way. So you'll be holy and set apart. Why? This is so you will live a life of honor. 
So I looked up this word honor because everybody has a different value of honor. So I went and wanted to see what do we mean with honor. And honor means worthy of the price that was paid for you. So let's, we can stop right there and say, are we living a life worthy that honors God for the price that was paid for me? That Jesus gave his body and was broken for me. How can I not give my body and honor to him? That's what honor means. I'm going to live a life of holiness and honor. So here, in closing, let me give you some advice. Counseling, if you want to say that. Three groups of people. First, singles. Single again. Let me just speak to you. Some of you, listen, please, go back and watch that message. You don't need to date somebody who don't know Jesus, but just because they don't know Jesus don't mean they're going to keep their hands off of you. You need to find somebody who loves and pursues Jesus. Listen, some of you, you don't need to date, period. You've got baggage and scars and pains and some addiction stuff possibly. You need, you don't need to date anybody. You're just not ready emotionally. You're not in the place to do that. And quit rebounding, ladies, from one guy to the next to the next, trying to feel true intimacy or what you really want because you're afraid to be alone. You're never alone because Jesus is always with you. So we need to work through that. You need to set incredibly high standards. Incredibly high standards. And let me just say this to the ladies for a moment. Ladies, would you help a brother out how you dress? Because how you dress reflects what you think about yourself. Do you know that? And what you want to think about yourself will reflect on how you dress. And so I just want to say, help a brother out. See yourself the way God sees you. And he redeemed you and how much that he loves you and your love. And you don't have to dress in some way to feel or get attraction or love from someone else. Ask for help. Some of you right now, you're in a spot, you just need help. And lastly, run from all sexual sin. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. That's why I don't go to watch some of the movies. I can. I'm not trying to be legalistic about it. I just don't want my mind filled with that stuff because I know where I've come from. So I'm running. Oh, it's no big deal. You're an adult now. You can fill that stuff up. Oh, it's no big deal. You can read Fifty Shades of Grey. It won't affect your relationship. Oh, it's no big deal. Read that romantic novel. It is so passionate. So so awesome. It's fake. Don't fill your mind up with junk. Fill your mind up with truth. Because it's the truth that sets you free. Married couples, realize that you're not alone. You're not alone. This is the big deal. And some of you know this. In fact, you probably even argued about it last night. Husbands, listen. you got to understand that sex is not an event. It's not the end goal. In fact, don't just pursue her body. Pursue her. And I'm just going to say this because your wife is probably trying to tell you this, but let me hear it from a dude coming to you. Just because she don't have the sex drive that you have doesn't mean she doesn't want you. The way that you think that she should want you. you got to understand how to walk through this. Ladies, you got to understand how God wired men. We're wired differently. Ladies, listen, never treat sex as a reprimand or reward. Well, I just won't then if you don't, or I will if you will. Don't treat it like that. Because sex is not made to be treated that way. And here's something your husband probably has not shared with you. He might not even be aware of this. But for most men, I can't speak for all. I'm more generalizing here, men and women here. Because everyone's, some is not. Some are different. But that's where, where a man finds his emotional connection with you. 
he may not share that, know how to share that with you, but his emotional connection comes with you is sex. For a lot of women, it's not sex for the emotional connection. They're emotional connected somewhere else and something else that has nothing to do with that. But men are different. We need to understand the differences and communicate about this. Learn each other's love language. Be able to talk about this. Have an adult conversation. You got to talk about these things. And not be embarrassed about it. Don't be shy about it. Talk about it. That's what marriage night was for. It's to start conversation. And then lastly, I want to speak to those who've messed up. You messed up. You didn't know this. No one told you. Or you did, but now you're like, I did it anyway. I've blown it. What do I do? I'm not married and I've blown it. I'm married and I've blown it. What, what, do I, what do I do? And what I want to encourage you to do is to repent. Turn your eyes to Jesus because he loves you and will forgive you. There's consequences because sex is sticky and it's messy. There'll be some emotional baggage, there'll be some emotional scars, and there'll be some emotional pain that some of you have carried into your marriage and you want to blame your spouse, but it's because you haven't dealt with that stuff in your past yet because you brought it in with you. And now you got to figure out, I can't go back and change the past, but sometimes I got to go back and be healed from the past so that I can move forward today. So I just want to encourage you, if you've blown it, God loves you. He can forgive you, just like I prayed in the beginning, that His grace today will cover you. I am not here to beat you up. I'm here to share with you God's ways when it comes to sex. And I wish someone had told me. I wish I would have known this. And I didn't. And now I have to walk through that in my own life. So I'm with you. And that's why I want to come and share the way I'm sharing with you, that God's grace loves you and forgives you and his mercy is new every day you can't go back and change it but we can move forward and I love what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5 this means when you give your life to Jesus that anyone who belongs to him has become a new person I'm not who I used to be I'm not the old Daniel anymore I am now new he says watch this the old life is gone and the new life has come and that's what I want for you and that's why I beg you every Sunday in Grayson, here and online, please give your life to Jesus so that you can become this new person and to be restored by His grace. Because I believe this, that Jesus has a better life for you to live. I'm going to ask you to bow your hands. Lord, we love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. Thank you so much. I know by talking through this that it may have brought up some emotional pain and scars. The Lord knows your heart. Just give it to Him. Some of you, you could sit here and say, that's right, you could, I'm preaching your story. You could get up right here and share this right with me because you know you've been there where I've been. Some of you just need to say, you know what, I've blown it and I need Jesus and give your life to Him. Some of you know Jesus and you've blown it and you just need to receive His grace and His mercy. Some of you may realize today some of the problems that you have in your relationship is because it's messy and it's sticky. 
So wherever you find yourself here today or online or at Grayson, listen, turn your eyes to Jesus. He knew you would make those mistakes. And he still sent his son for you to die for you. He knew you would make those mistakes. And he still loves you and forgives you. Isn't that amazing? That's not fair. That's called grace. So if you're here and you're watching online or in Grayson or here in Moorhead and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to ask you to pray with me. Saying a prayer doesn't save you, but your lips can proclaim what your heart declares. And if you're ready to say, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus because living on my own and trying to figure this out, I just can't do it. And you need his love and forgiveness to restore you and make you new. Would you pray with me? Say, Jesus, I believe that you came for me, that you died for me, and that you got up out of the grave for me. And today I turn from my sin and I give my life to you. Now, as best as I know how, help me live for you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for making me new. Me new. Now, if that was you, I just want to pray for you in just a moment while I get ready to close. Would you be so bold to say, Pastor, I just want to let you know, at Grayson here in Moorhead, just want to let you know, today I just gave my life to Jesus, and I just want you to know, I just want to pray for you. Come on, would you get your hand up? I just want to know. I'm not here to embarrass you. Just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Come on. Come on, anybody in Grayson, anybody, come on. So here's what I want you to do. In just in a moment, I'm going to pray. And for those who gave their life to Jesus, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. At Grayson and here in Moorhead, when I begin to pray, we're going to have team members that work in the next step area. They're going to stand up and walk out and beat the crowd over to the, the banner there at Grayson or at the Red Room here at Moorhead. And they just want to give you some resources and pray for you and get you started on this journey with Jesus. So when I begin to pray, if, if team members, Next Step team members, and those of you who prayed to give your life to Jesus, we'd love for you just to stand up when I begin to pray, grab your things, beat the crowd out, and make your way to the Next Step area. Come on, would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for life change. Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. God, it's so evident when you just compare your ways to the world ways, just from common sense, God that you created this awesome thing between one man, one woman in a covenant relationship for the rest of their life. But how sin has warped what you created to be beautiful. So God, I pray that we would never be a church that would shy away from hard subjects and talk about things that need to be talked about. And that when we leave this place that your mercy and your grace would follow your people that your favor, God, would follow your people everywhere they go. We love you, Jesus, for it's your name we ask and we pray. Thank you for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. You can let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app, available on any major platform. Lastly, if you're interested in supporting what God is doing in this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church/givenow. We're praying that you have a great week and we hope to see you again soon.